Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2160. The One Thing That Makes for a Happier, Longer Life by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com. And I'm Dr. Neil, your very own personal narrator. Hello and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and more, just like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors, and always with permission from the sites and with a bit of my commentary at the end. And with that, let's get to today's post as we optimize your life. The One Thing That Makes for a Happier, Longer Life by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com. In 1938, a group of researchers began a longitudinal study to answer the question, what makes a good life? Was it being born with a silver spoon in your mouth, having a good education and finding a well-paid job? Was it enjoying high social status and all the freedoms wealth can bestow? Or was it something else? they discovered the answer. The study is still ongoing, with a number of the original cohort still participating in the biannual survey and now joined by their offspring and their partners. In my book, Thriving Mind, I explore the concept of happiness, what it is, why we think we have to pursue it, and what enables us to be happier. The answer is discussed by Robert Waldinger, the current and fourth director of the Harvard Adult Development Study, in his TED Talk, where he explains It's the quality of our closest relationships that have the biggest impact on our health and happiness. He said, quote, how happy we are in our relationships has a powerful influence on our health. The best predictor at age 50 of your physical health at age 80 isn't your cholesterol level, but how satisfied you are in your relationships with your family, friends, and community, end quote. Being happy is one thing, but what about how long you're going to live? Is there one thing that might determine how likely it will be for you to live well into your hundreds, happy and well, and with your brain intact? Again, research suggests there is. You may have heard of the blue zones. These are the five diverse areas around the world where many of the inhabitants are centenarians. There is the island of Okinawa in Japan, Ikaria in Greece, Loma Linda in the US, the Nicoya Peninsula in Costa Rica, and Oligastra in Sardinia. These five zones have been found to share certain common characteristics. The inhabitants eat a diet based on fresh, locally sourced produce that's predominantly plant-based. They exercise a lot, not by going to the gym necessarily, 
but by remaining active and walking every day. They drink moderate amounts of alcohol. They get plenty of good quality sleep. Faith is important to many. And they have a strong social network of extended family members and community, meaning they are cared for by those who know them, love them, and value them. Susan Pinker, organizational psychologist and author of The Village Effect, How Face-to-Face Contact Can Make Us Healthier and Happier, in her TED Talk, explains how her curiosity to understand why, as a whole, those born genetically female live six to eight years longer than those born genetically male, took her to Sardinia, one of the blue zones. Sardinia is only about 350 kilometers from the mainland of Italy, and yet the island has six times as many centenarians as Italy and is the only place in the world where those born genetically male live as long as those born genetically female. Why? Beyond all other lifestyle factors you might expect and having close personal relationships, there is another social factor at play. The top place goes to your level of social integration. Your social what? Your social integration. It's about how much you interact with others around you. Like, talking to the person operating the checkout stand at the supermarket. I knew there was a reason I disliked those self-checkout stalls so much. Or asking how the barista who makes your coffee every day in your favorite cafe is doing. Or sharing a cheery good morning to a fellow dog walker you pass on the street. Or saying thank you to the driver who stops to let you cross the road. Or introducing yourself to the person who just sat down next to you on the plane, train, or coach, assuming no restrictions, of course who's going to be your companion for the next five hours on your shared journey. Of course, this does depend on your personality and culture. When I suggested to one of my brothers how chatting to strangers or people we bump into regularly during the course of our day could make us feel good about ourselves, he was horrified. Why on earth would I do that, he asked. People would think I was peculiar. Yes, he's British, and well, born British myself, having now lived in Australia for many years, I will pretty much happily chat with anyone, or at the very least, smile in acknowledgement of their presence. When I lived in the UK, I was a regular commuter on the London Underground, where the unspoken rule was to sit in stony silence for the entire journey. No one made eye contact or spoke to anyone else, preferring to sit either eyes closed, earphones in place, listening to music, or reading their newspaper and folding the pages over to prevent annoying neighbors from trying to read it too. Why this is important. It's not just about living longer. Loneliness has been described as a public health hazard and is a growing problem. Our wonderful technology allows us to connect with others in an instant and yet can leave us with a growing sense of disconnect. Have you ever found yourself so engrossed in your social media feed on your work commute, you become oblivious to the people and what's happening around you? A few years ago, I was on a bus in northern Japan en route to the airport. We traveled through areas of forest, passing by rivers and countryside dotted with villages. It was an exquisite landscape that the two young siblings sitting in the row on the other side of the bus from me failed to notice at all because they were totally focused on their online games on their phones for the entire journey. Failing to connect with others regularly, face-to-face, can damage our health, our mental well-being, our cognition, and may shorten our lives. We are social beings and feeling isolated, whether through circumstance, working from home, or living in prolonged periods of lockdown, is doing us harm. While Zoom calls and team meetings can help, unless you've applied a cat filter, 
they're not quite as good as being in the room together. While debate rages on whether we will ever return to the previous way of working in an office or not post-COVID, the real urgency lies in ensuring we continue to enjoy a sense of connection and have opportunities for social integration. Whether you are sharing a smile, a joke, or a story, this is what elevates levels of those feel-good neurochemicals essential to your mental well-being. We get an extra surge of dopamine that makes us feel great and oxytocin that helps us feel connected to the person we are with, building trust and mutual respect. For employers, executives, team leaders, and entrepreneurs, it's essential our health and well-being continue to take center stage. This will include nurturing a psychologically safe working environment that promotes positive, meaningful connection, mental well-being, and happiness. You just listened to the post titled, The One Thing That Makes for a Happier, Longer Life, by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. It's true, as Dr. Brock has said, one of the key components of living longer, happier lives is staying social. In today's post, Dr. Brockus mentioned that staying social helps us feel good, which definitely improves our feelings of well-being. But when it comes to dementia and Alzheimer's prevention, researchers suspect that there are possibly two reasons why staying social may be helpful, especially as we get older. One reason is that even casual social relationships can include exposure to different ideas, different information, activities that we're not used to, verbal and facial cues, different speech patterns. And these kinds of interactions can help the brain stay alert, especially when compared to more comfortable exchanges with immediate family members, the ones, you know, we're used to seeing every day. And second, it may help by directly increasing connections between brain cells and may even help the brain repair itself. If the brain can repair itself, well, now the risk of Alzheimer's and dementia go down. So if you haven't had a face-to-face interaction in a while, maybe use social media or pick up the phone, call someone, and schedule a meetup. All right, that'll do it for today. I hope you're having a great day so far. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you back here on tomorrow's episode where your optimal life awaits.